Hey guys, this is John, uh, VP Precision here with Jake. It's uh, Wednesday morning and playing a little catch up after Jake's uh, excursion to uh, Canada, to uh, Saskatchewan. And so um, we've both been, I went up scouting, uh, well, helping a guy that drew a a mountain goat tag up in uh, northwest Washington. He's from out of state. He had a very short window. He's a surgeon um, and has very short uh, windows of time. So he was flying in. We went up. I went up a couple days early, and Ben and I hiked up the high country, located some goats, and then he had Saturday, Sunday, and was flying out Sunday night. So ridiculous, ridiculously short window, especially in October in that country for weather. And we had beautiful weather Thursday, Friday, scouting, packing in. We we packed out, uh, picked him up. Went back in Saturday morning and the weather changed. And so we got fogged in thick. Uh, we did see some goats, but nothing that was that was worth chasing um, at this point. He may be able to come back in November, uh, but we're playing it by ear. So uh, Jake was hunting. I was doing a little bit of that. And we're going on more hunts. A lot of you guys are hunting and killing. We're gonna, So we'll chat a little bit about, uh, about that. Uh, we'll talk about some mineral hunter stuff and we have a, the short action customs giveaway, but anyway, just wanted to get some, some content out for you guys. I know a lot of you guys are out hopefully hunting. So it's that time of year, I guess, I guess PRS finale is coming up, um, or AG cup, which one, I don't know. I'm out of the loop this year, a little bit in that department. (laughs) It's kind of weird. It's really weird, but, uh, I've got some hunts going on during those, 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 uh, events this year. And so it is what it is. So anyway, um, you good? How you been? Man, just been great. Got back from Canada and was really fortunate to go shoot an animal back up, the, uh, up in Saskatchewan. And uh, now just back on the grindstone and mm-hmm. got a bunch of steel targets going out the door. And uh, uh, we're, we're pretty much out of triggers. I think we got like one trigger left. So if mm. you want any gold triggers, folks get up on there and do it yeah we yeah. didn't talk about those a whole lot but they're awesome we need to probably get some more but we got some gold diamonds um should have talked about that more people are like where'd you get those like, oh yeah we should probably mention that but <laughs> we got a handful of them that trigger tech made for us with the logo and engraved yep. and uh they're awesome they look sick and real rut daniels if you don't follow him on instagram if you're a hunter you need to follow him um rut daniels r-u-t daniels he's he's a goofy dude and he's always making comments about gold triggers if the triggers gold the deer will fold or whatever anyway check (laughs) him out he's a crack up but um uh yeah the uh so how is there's we were talking before we start we we're not planning this but we were talking before we started this whole the political stuff going on right now with mandates and travel restrictions and and supply shortages it's just it's get, it's like wearing on me like i try to ignore it i'm self-employed so like mandates don't affect me at this point but that's beside the point it's a i think it's a big deal so all that's been stressing me out and then shortages and stuff have you been hit with any of that with steel yet or yeah steel uh, steel all of our stuff's american made so mm-hmm. it's but it's just going through the roof as far as steel is concerned and so every week it seems like we get another five percent price increase Jeez. and then another 3% and then another 5%. And it's just, it, it's starting to get old. And, and so we're pretty stocked up right now on, on parts. And so we have most everything in stock, um, which is, which is nice for us to be mm-hmm. able to have 
think we, you know, we try to carry about 200,000 pounds of steel in stock at all times. So that's just, mm-hmm. you know, targets and brackets and all that kind of stuff. But if, if you have to buy any more right now, so when we, you know, when we have been running out, it's just super, super expensive. Um, and so we're going to try to get over this, you know, steel shortage and hopefully this, the steel market can kind of, uh, you know, relax a little bit and go back down, but it's just been crazy. Um, <laughs> it's been going up and up and up and yeah. it feels like, you remember like, I don't know, six months ago when the, when the lumber prices were just were skyrocketing oh, and yeah. every day, a sheet of OSB was going another dollar and yep. then another dollar, then another dollar, then another dollar. And it's just, it's like, when will it stop? Well, it finally stopped at about seventy dollars a sheet, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're thinking, "Geez, a sheet for seventy bucks?" Well, it took a dive, you know, about a month ago, and yeah. so now it's back to a normal twelve or fifteen dollars a sheet price, which is, you know, manageable when you're building. Yeah. So, kind of hoping the same thing's going to happen with steel. We'll see. Um, you know, it is what it is at some point, and so we just got to rock and roll with it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's been weird. The just everything. It just feels like a strange time in history. Uh, uh, I don't. I, I don't even want to. I don't want to get into politics. I think a lot of people listening to this probably feel the same. Uh, you know, vaccine or not, I don't want to get into that. I'm. I'm about freedom of choice and and let people. You know, people mind their own business. Government stay out of my business. I'll stay out of yours, and I want to do my own thing. And then. We're pushing pretty hard into everybody's uh, everybody's stuff and making making things weird. And I don't, um, I don't know. I don't like to get political, but you cannot avoid it. It's the craziest time. And then you know you can get conspiratorial and all. You can go down some pretty deep rabbit holes right now, pretty easily. So it's getting weird. We're in Oregon too, which is and you're in Washington. I'm in Oregon, so West Coast. Obviously, it's it's beautiful out here. There's a lot of pros, but obviously. Uh, politically, you know, Seattle, Portland, Eugene, the big cities in our states run the rest, you know, the other 85, 90% of the conservative part of the state. So it's like every other state. Um, you got a couple city centers that control everything and then everybody else has got to deal with it. But I know a lot of people moving and it's weird. I mean, guys talking to everybody this morning, self-employed, going to probably up and leave his whole um, his whole business he's created a big one and, uh, moving across the country. And so it's like, those are huge, you know, huge steps, um, to do something because you don't believe in the politics around here, but man, I didn't want to leave it. You think about it more and more. You're like, where would I go? How, how would, how would that look? Or what would that look like? And I don't not have any in, into her, uh, you know, super quick plans, um, but at the same time, it crosses your mind a lot more than you ever used to think about it because you can't avoid yep. it. It's it's just it's crazy. So yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, I mean, for me going up to Canada, uh, which I was kind of nervous about because I I haven't been up there. I didn't know. So yeah. I was asking I was asking you questions. You've done some hunting up there. I I just haven't, and so I didn't necessarily know all the rules and details. And I, I drive up. Um, it was kind of a debacle to start off with because I get <laughs> up and. And I, I'm driving up to the port, uh, you know, the, uh, excuse me, the, the, crossing, uh, yeah. the uh, crossing at the border there. And so I'm driving up, I get there like at five 30 and I show up and there's like a barricade across the road and 
uh, nobody's there. And I was like, what is going on? And then there, there's a sign. 5.30 in the afternoon? 5.30, and, and uh, they, they close at 5 o'clock. Oh. I said, you've got to be kidding me. And so I'm here in the middle of nowhere at a crossing trying to get up to Canada, and they don't open back up till 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. So (laughs) I sleep in my truck that night, you know, and so I just hanging out on the side of the road (laughs) playing chess and playing on my phone and just bored. I got no service uh, up in the middle of nowhere. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to sleep in my truck. So I sleep in my truck. I get up when the sun comes up, which is like 5.45, 6 o'clock. And I was like, I still got three hours to wait before I can go over there. So (laughs) I wait another three hours, you know, I... I had snacks and I had all, you know, all the stuff that I need. So I was okay. Um, <clears throat> so then I get to the border and um, I'm going through and they, you know, they ask you for your, your vaccination card. They ask you for your, uh, you know, your ID, your passport. They ask you if you have any, are you bringing any weapons across? And so I said, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing my, I have my hunting rifle. Um, okay, do you have any any other weapons and any other pistols? And I was like, so I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, I guess I have my little revolver that sits in my glove box. It's been there for nine years. Um, so, yeah, I have a revolver. And then this this lady freaks out on me. Hands on the wheel. Hands on the wheel. <laughs> the Canadians are going like, to get a laugh at this I one. Like, oh. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> do they not like revolvers have, in Canada? <laughs> am, am I going to have to shoot my way out, or what's up? <laughs> So, uh, like, oh, okay. And so then, uh, so then, another lady comes over. Obviously, I didn't. Back. I didn't do my job in briefing Jake well enough. Is what this all the story is. I, I thought he assumed everybody knew you couldn't take <laughs> handguns to Canada. <laughs> but so I, so I, uh, Nazi country. Hands on the wheel, and they, uh, and this lady comes over, and where, where's it at? I was like, it's in my glove box. Um, and so then she grabs the pistol and takes it inside. And, and so they said, okay, you need to go right around there. And, and everything else checked out. Everything else was fine. And so then I, I roll up to the, to the deal and I go inside and wait. And uh, they said, yeah, we have to take your pistol across to the U.S. side of, of, the, you know, of the border uh, crossing. So they take it back over there. And so then, actually, it, it turned out to be really good. There was a guy named Trevor. What's up, uh, Trevor? Yeah, what up, Trevor? He is a Canadian border uh, crossing agent, and so he's um, he's an agent there. And so he he recognized me, and he listens to the podcast. And so we were talking shop, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I got a pair of Swarl EL ranges," because he was looking at my Leica Geovids, and I was like, "Right on, that's awesome." So nice. he he knows about high quality equipment, and so then, uh, and I had my my truck. I was going hunting. My truck, just like going to a match, your truck's full of stuff. I mean, you got everything, <laughs> right? I'm not going to say exactly what I had, but I had. A, so, so then Trevor, just being a really good down-to-earth dude, he's like, okay, Jake, you can't have any mags over seven rounds, so no 10-round mags. Those are high <laughs> mags here in California. You can't have, you know, this. You can't have this. So he's like, you're going to have to get rid of that. I was like, okay. Um, so it was actually, it was crazy um, because I had a bunch of everything. 
<laughs> I guess a the bunch story of cracks me up I so mean, much. You've seen, you've seen my truck. I, got, I just I wish got we. Everything. I know. I wish we could. Yeah. So, and I can't. I can't on air. I can't quite say what I have. Just, just a little bit of everything. Before. I had a little bit of everything in there. So then, over back to the U.S. side, they run the numbers on my revolver, and they say, "Okay." Uh, here's your revolver. You have to, you know, there's, you can go an hour the other direction and there's a uh, place where you can ship it or there's a lock box or whatever at one of these gun shops that you can put it in there and pick it up on the way back down. I was like, man, I, I've been sitting here now for <laughs> 17 hours, since 530 last night. I'm not going to drive an hour back one way and an hour back this way for a $250 Taurus 38 special revolver. Yeah. So, I was like, what can I do? I look across the street and there's a post office. I was like, perfect. I'm going to ship all my crap back. <laughs> so I pulled next to the post office and uh, I went in and got some flat rate boxes and I stuffed these boxes full of stuff that you would not imagine. <laughs> I mean, that's good. People can, will let their imagination run wild. All sorts of stuff. I had these boxes stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, I, didn't stop legal, but uh, I don't even know if it's legal, but I'm doing it. So <laughs> I threw all my stuff back in there and I show back up to the, to the, you know, the, the, the checkpoint again, uh, going into Canada. And then I, uh, and then I roll, um, up to there again, I got to start everything over. Are you declaring any guns, vaccination card, this, that, uh, <laughs> so I went through the whole process again. They pulled over there one more time. And so, I was really fortunate that Trevor came out again and Hey Jake. Um, and so he, you know, he knew that I was a shooter and, and, and just, just a good dude. Just and not there. a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, look, he it's a normal he, dude. He, he, he knows that I'm just a normal guy and not a terrorist. So yep. it, it made me feel a lot better because, because he was there and he just knows, you know, he knows how hunts are supposed to go and he knows, you know, when you're shooting a match, the match equipment you have and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it was it was an absolutely de- just a debacle. It's um, <laughs> a funny that, story. Uh, uh, no, I, I said this to you before, but it's like it's a, it's it's insane. The difference, uh, the quality of people you run into at the border. Like I've ran into some awesome people at, you know, the uh, the just north of Bellingham crossing uh, the one, you know, the one over in Idaho. I've over East Coast going up to the the Meaford match, um, multiple different crossings, some really, really good people. And I ran into a couple bad ones and the bad ones make your life miserable. It just adds instantly you're like, OK, there's plus five hours right here where we just set and get grilled for no good reason. And the good guys are good. Like they're like, hey, we're going to use a little common sense. And that goes with every career and every business and every person in the world. I, just, I love running into people with common sense. Just let you roll, yeah. like whether it's a you know it's a cop, you know it's <clears throat> just anybody. And it's, it's nice when you run into those good guys at the border that know what's up. Mm-hmm. They know you're not going to cause any trouble. Everything's fine. So it's yeah. Props to Trev. So. I mean, there's got to be. I mean, there's got to be a lot of crap that goes through there. Oh, but yeah. the least of your the least of their concerns should be a five shot. 38 special revolver um i I would assume like that's that should be the least of concern but they they had a way to make it a big deal for some reason yeah their handgun laws are uh are crazy i mean it bugs me i've I've gone some hunts like especially that one i ran to that bear lot a couple years ago was like i would have done anything to have 
a handgun on me. So I like, you know, it's nice having a handgun in, uh, in bear yeah. country in some of those, you know, especially if you're packing a bow or if you're close quarters or just, or just whatever, it's nice to throw one in. Like going up to Alaska, you're like, you throw one in, you don't even think about it. And then you, you know, roll into yeah. Canada. It's like, Hey, it's kind of a big deal, especially when you guys banned, uh, bear hunting or grizzly hunting and they're everywhere now. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of nice to have a, a different, uh, especially bow hunting. Like, so anyway, it's, uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's shout funny. out to you, Trevor. I, I appreciate uh, you working hard up there, and thanks for listening to the podcast. And I'll send you some pictures of this deer. I think you'll like it. <laughs> so. It's not even a deer. It's <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a moose deer, like you said. It's oh uh, yes. I mean, I, I had a good time. I guess a little bit about the, the yeah. Just roll story. into it. Talk, I mean, yeah. Just give some details and talk about that. Yeah. So I. I went up to True North Trophy Hunts and a guy named Todd, which uh, he's on Facebook. He also listens to the podcast. And and um, actually, funny story, uh, Tate and Austin and a bunch of guys are going up there to go bear hunting in April. So I was oh, like, cool. man, that's kind of cool. Um, and, and I didn't even, you know, obviously I didn't know that. But he's like, yeah, I got a, you know, another guy from the States, precision rifle guys, uh, Tate and, and Austin, I said, yeah, those are great guys. You, you guys are going to have a great time shooting bears. So yeah, Joe message, Joe Walls messaged me. He's like, Hey, I know that guy Jake's going up with. He's, he's a good yeah. dude. I was like, Oh, right on. It's a small world. <laughs> great. Great. Uh, I mean, they just, I guess my overall feeling of it and, and I'll tell you how I shot it obviously, but my overall feeling of just the experience was the hospitality is just unheard of. And, they just generally treat you like family. The food's great. You know, the stay's great. We got cool lodges and just a very down-to-earth, you know, experience, which, you know, this, this is my first time up there hunting. I didn't know. And it's it's not like a, a million acres of forest that you're going and hunting. That's not what it is. And you got to No, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high-fence hunt, and it grows giants. So if you yeah, haven't seen the pictures on Facebook, go look at it. It's not – as we're not conflating it with, you know, some a free range yeah. or hard to draw tag, and um, yeah, we I did not, have a question from like the audience. They wanted to know if it was if it was grass finished or grain finished. Which what's that? I got a question uh, before the podcast, and people wanted to know if it was grass finished or grain finished. It was oat finished. Oat, oat, <laughs> okay, so grain, so grain finished. Okay, yeah, grain finished. It's got a yeah, good, oat. good fatty content. <laughs> we actually, uh, after I shot it, we we donated all the meat to some local needy families. Oh, cool. Sure, so they're going to absolutely love it and and be able to feed their family for a little bit. Um, it's just too hard to take it back. It's a pain. We, we there's a lot of hunts where that ends up happening. So yeah, so you just got to try to. So anyway, yeah, I get up there and just a great, uh, you know, I sight my rifle in and get it all ready to rock and roll. It took me a couple shots. I just put a brand new scope on there. So I was like, man, it's probably off a little bit. Um, what did you, what'd you take up there, people? So uh, my know. full setup is a 6.5 PRC okay. uh, built by Alamo Precision Rifles. Uh, it's got uh, the XLR NV. Uh, chassis and I stripped it down. So I took all the weights out of it. So it's not the heavy mm-hmm. JB fill or, you know, all the kit. It's just a stripped down version of basically my match 
chassis, um, which just takes almost all the weight out. Yeah, that's what Matt that, run in the heavy class for the NRL Hunter Championship was that exactly. chassis with no weights. So yeah, so then uh, it's a Curtis uh, Vector action, and it has a Benchmark a Remington uh, Remington Sendero or Varmint contour, and it's got the heavy flutes in it, so it takes out quite a bit of weight. Oh, cool. Still has a pretty uh, good barrel. I think I went like a twenty-four inch barrel, so not too long, not too short. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, my U S optics 17 foundation scope, uh, which I really like hunting with something I'm looking at all the time. And so it just, it makes sense for me. So like you have your reticle, you know, if, if, if you're going to, this is just guys for, you know, hunting and shooting. If you're going to do something like that and you got thousands of rounds down range, looking at a certain reticle, it just makes sense to stay with that reticle because you're doing the exact same thing anyway. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're putting on the same numbers and you're, you know, you're, you're aiming just like you're doing everything else. So it, it just makes sense to be able to do that. Um, so that was, you know, that's, that's that setup, obviously, uh, uh, trigger tech golds in there. Um, you know, which is the diamond. Nice. Uh, I shot the factory Hornady, 6.5 PRC ammo, which is the Precision Hunter, and that's the 143 ELDX. Okay, cool. So I really like that. Um, yeah, just just a a really fun, you know, fun setup that I just built specifically for kind of long range hunting environments. And uh, even though this did, you know, I didn't know if this was going to be long range or not long range. I had no clue. Um, yeah. I knew it was going to be plenty accurate, and I knew it was going to be ready to rock and roll for the task so yeah right on right on cool so you yeah. got up there keep you gonna keep talking about the hunt tell them about the situation yeah so got up there and uh, uh so i was up there with my good friend wiley wiley cloud um just a great dude that you know i've i've done some training for his son and him mm-hmm. um and so we went up there and uh i met wiley up there and so i got in late uh, at night on, I think it was Thursday night. And so we were going to hunt Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, which is a four day hunt. I said, perfect. That that's going to be awesome. That'll allow plenty of time to kind of figure out what's going on. And so then Wiley says, no matter what you do, you know, don't shoot on the first day, you know, (laughs) you've never been to Canada. And so you're going to look at something and just think it's absolutely huge which they, there are a bunch of big deer up there. Um, <laughs> he says, if you're going to look at something, you're just going to want to shoot. He says, don't shoot on the first day. Um, he says, you know, try to try to figure out, you know, what style of deer you want or what, you know, what you like. Do a little window just, shopping. Well, yeah, kind of. And so, you know, you're out there by yourself. And yeah. so you have to figure out what you're doing. And there's, there's shots out to you know, 700 or so yards that you could take over a big oak field. Yeah. And I'm like, geez. And so it was a, it was a good size ranch. And so he had blinds, you know, all over this ranch and you, you know, you might have a five or 10 minute, you know, uh, four, four wheeler ride to go get to a blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just where you were at. And there was a, there was a few of us. So we were all kind of hanging out and, so the first morning, um, I'm out there and I'm freezing to death. It's cold. And I was like, man, uh, I'm going to have to turn this heater on. So I turned the heater on. 
pull that jacket and gloves off and let's kick back yeah, do, yeah, do a little so skivvy hunting yeah so i took so yeah just that, that that's funny um that's awesome. So, yeah, anyway, did you did I you saw, see any small deer? Like, did he have young deer in with the big deer, or were they separate? Oh yeah, yeah, all boards. So okay, not, cool. Not, uh, you know, there was a there's there's a, a lot of these are native deer anyway. So you're just, you know, there's some big, big, big native deer that are you know fed really well, and you know they grow big body deer because the environment up here mm-hmm. allows them to do it. They're tough deer because they're in you know, three feet of snow all winter. Um, and so they're, they're, they're just big, you know, everything about them is big. Yeah. Mule deer, so, Alberta mule deer and Saskatchewan white, all those. Yeah. They're, they're big up there. They're just, they're really, or not. Really there's big, big animals up in that area. Yeah. And so we were, we were, uh, uh, yeah, saw, saw, you know, the first morning I saw two deer, um, is, is all I saw. And one was, a long ways away uh and i couldn't i had my binos and i just couldn't quite tell what he was i mean he was he was a decent deer like a four by four or something like that mm-hmm. um and then uh, i saw another deer which i really liked but i only saw him for about 30 seconds and he just kind of came came out of the brush and then went right back in the in the trees and i was like geez that looked like a really good deer mm-hmm. <laughs> And so then, you know, I was talking with, and I was trying to get pictures of these, of these deer, like in my little bino deal, trying to hold my phone up, which was tough. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring a, I'm bringing a phone scope up next time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I was getting pictures and I just couldn't quite get a good picture of this deer that I saw. And then I went back out that, and so I didn't shoot anything that morning. We went back for lunch. Again, they fed us some really good soup and bread and just really good stuff. Um, Everyone says, okay, it's nap time. I was like, oh, everyone's taking naps here between, you know, one and two. I'm nice. like, that, that, sounds, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I, I was just so excited to go hunting. I couldn't, I couldn't take a nap. I was just like, okay, I'll get back out there. Yeah. So I go back out, and I go to a different area the first night uh, or the first evening, I guess, from like, Three o'clock or so is is when you go out and you stay till dark, which is about seven o'clock. Um, and so you start to to realize kind of when deer are moving and and the times they're moving, and it seemed like about that five thirty window, five thirty time frame is when deer start to start to move. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of cool to learn all that, kind of you know, kind of unique to be able to to be in there and i saw some more deer on the first night but i never saw that deer again that i saw the first morning um and i was like man i really want to get a look at him uh so then i went out to wiley shot a a big old deer on the first night and uh kind of blew his load right away (laughs) but i really liked it and i said man that's awesome he just told me never ever shoot on the first day. <laughs> I think Wiley got some brewskis in him, and then he just let her rip. Like, he just he just let her rip. <laughs> so that we happens. Went out, we went out the morning of the second day. Got out there really early, and again it was cold. We turned the heater on and uh, closed the windows. Now it's starting to fog up, and we were in a bigger a bigger kind of wooden structure 
typical whitetail hunting wooden structure blunt. Um, and so, man, just a, a fun time. Wiley yeah. and I laughing loud. <laughs> no, no deer were coming close because they were hearing us laughing as loud as we could. <laughs> it was just like, man, we if you know we're out having a good time. We're not seeing much because, you know, we're being too loud. <laughs> Probably should say so. the lodge. <laughs> Played cards. Did you guys play any cards yeah. in the blind? No, we didn't. That's actually a good hmm. idea, though. We were just we were giggling about other stuff. Chess would be good because you'd be – chess would be quiet. Yeah, chess would be really good. That's a good idea. A little chess so, game. <laughs> so we went out that night. So, we, so we, didn't, we saw a little bit on that morning, and I was like, okay, why not? we need to be quiet and try to try to hunt something up here. And, and, and again, that first, that second morning, we, I didn't see that big deer again. Well, the, the second, the second day that afternoon hunt, uh, I finally saw this deer that I, that I ended up shooting. I saw him at like 720 yards. He was bedded down between a tree and a big old hay bale. But all I could see was, was like the, you know, like his, the half of his head and his, and his horns. I really couldn't see anything else. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I think that's him, but 720 yards is a long ways away. I can't really tell. Mm -hmm. um, and then he, he would get up and he would walk uh, along this entire field and he would stay way, way out there at like 700 yards. But then he would, there was like these little rolling, these rolling oat fields. And so then you would see him for like five seconds and then he would disappear behind another hill. And then he would come and magically appear over, you know, 600 yards to the right and then you would see him again for five seconds and so it's like man he is super elusive and so i was trying to get on him that second night because i knew that was a really good deer and that's the one i wanted to shoot mm -hmm. i just he just never presented a shot that, that i thought was a good shot to be able to you know take mm -hmm. um so then it's starting to get dark and he was way over on the right and i said i said screw it i'm getting out of the blind i'm gonna go chase him and so Wiley and I get out of the blind. We go, we go chase him up over the top of this, this rolling hill, and he's nowhere to be found. I was like, man, he was just in this area. I mean, they just they move so much faster than you think they move. Yeah, they um, cover ground. Were they rutting at all? You know, they were a little bit. They were. They had some sparring going on, which was kind of cool to see, and you could hear it too. Like you would oh, hear. Yeah. Like way off in the distance, you would hear like a big old that's crazy, you know, crash. You're like, oh man, we're getting after it. Huh. Cool. It was fun. <clears throat> anyway, I didn't get a shot on him on the second day either, and so, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we had a really good night that second night. Great dinner, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get up really early and go out to the blind before anyone else is even up. Um, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to get on this guy. So I go out on the third day. So now I've been hunting them for three days and just, you know, like, am I ever going to see him again? That kind of crap starts mm -hmm. going through your head, um, you know, and you got to figure out something else and go to plan B. Mm -hmm. So I get out there really early and um, the sun just starts to come up. And so it's just getting light. And I look over with my, with my binos and I see, out of the oat field, I see a rack sitting there, and I was like, "Man, that sure looks like a, a wide, a wide deer." And let me, you know, I'm going to keep my eyes on him, and I couldn't tell. And then he moved to scratch his back, 
And I was like, okay, that's the one. I saw the eye guard on the one side, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a funky eye guard. And so I was like, okay, I know that's him. And he was just bedded down. And I, all I could see was the tips of, of his horns. I was like, man, I'm going to get on him. So I get all my stuff set up. I get, I put my, I had a game changer. I put it on the window seal. So I basically was shooting them, you know, off like a positional, uh, positional shot. Mm -hmm. So I put my game changer over, get my rifle up. I got my spotter right, you know, right next to me on the right hand side. And I got my binos in my hand and I was like, man, I could probably get really stable on this shot because it was, it was kind of a weird shot because of how it was positioned and where the window was at. Mm -hmm. So I decided I was going to use tripod rear. So I set my tripod up, I get my tripod in place and then he didn't move and didn't move. And I waited for an hour and I had my eyes on him the entire time. Maybe even, maybe an hour and 10 minutes. I waited staring at him. him, him. It's like, man, this is getting really old. When is he going to get up? (laughs) And so finally, um, all my stuff set up and I was, I was trying to range his horns. Um, he was right over the crest of the hill. So I couldn't quite get it before the hill was like 360. after the hill was like 450. I was like, okay, I know it's not either of those. It's gotta be somewhere in the middle. And so I set my, my turret, uh, to 400 yards, which is like 1.5, 1.6, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm set up, ready to go. And I know as soon as he stands up, I got my range finder in my hand. I'm going to ping him. And if it's under 400, I'm going to take off a click. If it's right on 400, I'll leave it. And if it's over 400, I'll add a click. And so I'm just trying to do this really fast because I know how quick he's moving, you know, and mm-hmm. rocking and rolling. So finally, hour later, he stands up. I got my rangefinder in my hand. Literally, as he's standing up, I'm ranging him, and it was at like 386, something like that. I said, "Perfect." I took one click off my gun, and by the time I set my binos down and got back on the animal, he was already moving from right to left. Hmm. Like you've got to be kidding me! Just stand still for a second. Just be a steel target for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay. He's, he's just a, he's a standard moving target. So I just, I, I knew the range was correct and I had everything dialed in. So I put one mil on his, on his front shoulder there and I let it rip and, uh, he walked right into it. Perfect shoulder shot. And then he just dropped and man, I was, that's awesome. I mean, at that point you're just like, you know, you're breathing heavy and you're kind of, that was my first white-tailed deer, so I was pretty excited to be able to finally get him after a couple of days of hunting. But it was uh, just a fun experience. I, I don't know. I mean, it was it was a, a good time. Be exciting uh, to see deer of that. So I'll put a picture on the. We'll post this up and put a picture so you guys can see it. It's a. I mean, obviously it's a freak, but it's it's crazy to even. No, regardless of where you're at, just to see deer. Deer generally don't get that big, and so just to see deer like that would be is exciting. You were sending me pictures, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I couldn't. <laughs> you sent me pictures of one buck. I could not believe. So it yeah. was. They're. I mean, they're all. They're all insane. But it was anyway. Pretty crazy. The the um the uh the lead the lead thing. There's that's a that's an interesting thing because a walking shot at 400 yards to a traditional hunter. Uh, 
I would consider a shot like that for most guys maybe to be unethical. Like, hey, you probably shouldn't take that shot. But it's see, after competing and shooting movers and doing this, it seems it's an it's a chip shot. You know exactly. There's yeah. there's no guessing. There's no. It's you're solid. The dope's good. It's walking. You know you're gonna land in the vitals. Like it is a high percentage shot. And so it's interesting to see things that. I mean, I'm not I'm not ethics police, and I'm not I don't get in those debates online. How far is too far, or whatever. But that may be a pretty unethical shot for a lot of guys, you know. So it's kind of cool to see that that training and um, some of the comp aspects overlap a little bit. We've talked about it before. It's um, it's different, but there's you learn so much um, uh, competing and then taking that into the field yeah. as far as as far as shot confidence. And I mean, an interval hunter I think is progressing that as well in a, in, a, in a variety of aspects. So oh, absolutely. And but, I think I was I was prepared for the distance. I knew my yardage was mm-hmm. perfect. He was. I also saw him for about five seconds at seven hundred and I think twenty yards or whatever it was. And he was also walking. That's prof. I, I think I could have made that shot, but I don't like the word think. Like I want to. Yeah, know. that's that's a long in a match. That would be a long mover shot. You back? Like, well, okay, that would be a long mover that's shot, a long yeah. mover shot. So that's and but you know that because we've done that, and so yeah, you, you know, and so. <clears throat> so that that was that was where I was, and I was telling Wiley this, and he was out there, and Wiley said, "You you can make that shot," and it's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I I, I probably can, can yeah." Shot. I probably can, but I don't know if it's worth yep. injuring an, an animal, um, you know, to be able to find out yep. if for one, it, it's not my match rifle as well. Yep. So if I had my match rifle up there and I also, I took a lightweight fill game changer mm-hmm. and it's not as stable. It's just yep. not. Yep. Um, and you get your sand fill stuff in there that settles in. Yep. it's rock solid and so if i had a different setup with a little bit different equipment i was trying to save weight now looking back on it i didn't i didn't need to save weight because i took everything in a backpack and then unloaded it when i got inside the blind yeah but i did i didn't know that so i just took my standard hunting you know game changer which is a lightweight fill and and so it had a little more bounce to it and more movement to it that's just it's just a yeah just the you know part of part of having that kind of fill in there um so yes i i completely agree with you the training uh training for something like that made a 400 yard moving shot absolutely super super simple um and he just put it on on that front shoulder at one mil and i knew exactly you know i knew that one at one and a half mil I knew that that's where the bolt was going to, was going to land. And so it was really easy to put that one mill right on the front, mm-hmm. boom, and just let them walk into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I did that without even really thinking about all that. It's just because I've shot movers, yep. you know, a hundred thousand times and I've shot a yep. rifle a hundred thousand times that it makes it, it's just kind of, it's kind of like second nature. Now I'm not a professional yep. hunter by any means. I don't have, you know, I have, one one hundredth of the amount of animals on my wall than you do on your wall. So oh, I'm not no, claiming to be a, a professional anything. No, shooting, um, shooting, and 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 keeping yeah, your cool shooting. and shooting, staying calm and comps and and hunting. I I think is very similar. And that's where people are like, well, I'm a hunter. I don't want to do this. Well, well, 
you're going to get a lot better uh, at shooting, which is yeah. uh, part of hunting, and it's it's fun. And so it's like it's a big win-win, and you stay calm and yeah. comps comps. Like, you watch hunters just go out there and crumble. Like we've had guys come out and they just the the timer goes beep and they lose. I was like, well, what do you do when a giant buck walks out? You just, you drop your binos and tip your bag (laughs) and flip your gun over and forget to load your, do you forget to load the chamber and you forget to take the safety off? Like you watch guys, the clock will go beep, their safety will be on and they'll just sit there and squeeze the trigger harder and harder and harder. And they'll think their gun's broken. I've seen guys time out because their safety's on. They didn't, they couldn't calm down enough to think for one second, be like, my, tr- my gun's not going off. Maybe I'll check the safety. And so all those things apply. And you've heard of crazy stories of guys in the field of, you know, missing or, or not loading their gun or short stroking their gun. They tr- go to load around, they short stroke. I got a buddy that got charged by a bear and he short stroked his gun, pulled up to shoot the bear that was, it knocked over their cameraman he was standing next to as it, as it came through him and pulled the gun up click because he'd short stroked his gun loading it for when the bear was coming so there's there's just a million a million things and it doesn't prepare you for every circumstance but the stress of competition it's stress maybe it's not identical but it's stress nonetheless and i think it's a good benefit um which carries over a lot it's 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 a fun overlap I, i know it's made me a lot better shooter i remember on my brown bear hunt we had hunted and hunted and hunted. I didn't think I didn't th- it was a spring hunt, and you're waiting for them to. You're just covering hundreds of miles on snowmobiles and and trying to find bears coming out of their dens. And I didn't think I was going to get one. And right at the end of the hunt, I think we were up there for a couple of weeks. And at the end of the hunt, or ten day, I think it was a ten day hunt. And at the end of that, this bear came out last minute thing. We got up there, hiked up in the dark, got above where he had he'd come out that night before. And the wind was ripping, and my first shot was a little bit left of where I wanted to hit. Um, it was vital, but he was covering ground and getting into some thick brush in the bottom, which I didn't want to get into. And he took off running, and I just he was running, so I gave him about a two mil lead, two and a half. I was like, well, either way, it's going to drop in the vitals. And I hit him hard on the run twice with the three thirty eight. And um, at you know it was like four fifty five hundred ish. And so I had my my 450 dialed, and as he got further out, I just started holding up a little bit with my hits. And I was like, man, I wouldn't have – I would have just – before that, you just kind of aim in front and shoot. But after you've competed, you're actually holding on a line, and you're placing shots on a moving animal, which was which was right. interesting. It, you're, you're, it kind of reminded me of that. It's just – you do, you do some some things. Um, ideally, you don't want to shoot moving or running animals. That's that's not ideal. But sometimes it comes. You, it has to happen, whether follow up shots or whatever. And um, yeah, when you have, have that confidence, it helps. So that's just a. I mean, an obvious. Uh, thing that I, I talked to some hunters because I have a lot of friends in the hunting world. They're like, is competition fun? Like, what is it? I was like, it's pretty fun. You know, it can get pretty gamey, but. There's a lot of elements that carry over. Um, there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of benefits. So anyway, that was a I don't know a good uh, a good, a good lesson. So even even the NRL hunter because it it forces you to get a range mm-hmm. and and find it forces you to find a target uh, that you're going to shoot. It forces you to get a range and then it forces you to execute on that target. And so you, you see your deficiencies really, really quick Yep. because typically the NRL hunter, you're not shooting super far stuff. You're not shooting, you know, a bunch of thousand or 1200 yard shots. You're shooting typical, you know, North American game type hunting shots. So 300 to 600, 300 to 700 yards. That's a typical, 
you know, Western mule deer type hunt. And mm-hmm. so it forces you to do those things and you can become a really efficient, you're probably, I would say you're probably the best in the world at it. Um, no, there's, okay. a guys, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of good guys, but I, no, but yeah. As far as, as far as people that I know, and yeah. you also championship last year so i guess that yeah, i know that, i just that don't is a, that is i like it it's it's my wheelhouse i do like it there's it there's is. some really good guys but yes i yeah. i i'm just bad at i just yeah <laughs> you yeah. know i just You're really good at, at doing that quickly yeah. and having the right gear truly helps as well and yeah. so i noticed that they had some other rifles uh, that you could, you know, kind of rent for the week or whatever mm-hmm. here at, at Todd's at True North. Yeah. Uh, if you if you do rent a rifle, it doesn't necessarily have a scope. It's got a great scope. It's got one of those Roski, um, oh, Xena, whatever oh, they are, okay. X, yeah, yeah. X5 or whatever they are. But they aren't necessarily, they're, they're crystal clear. They're good quality optics, uh, but they aren't long range type stuff. So yeah. if you do rent a rifle, you're typically, you know, got a shot, you know, 200 yards and in, mm-hmm. and that's the shot that you're going to take. But you're you're not going to go farther. Having the right equipment, having a, a piece of equipment that you trust in, whether it's binos, whether it's a, a good bag, whether it's a good rifle, whatever it is, having that piece of equipment that you trust in and it's verified makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think equipment is... is uh is giant I, th- the way that these binoculars are taking data and giving you outputs are i just don't know how you it's such a necessity for a fast shot as far as you all in one the, you know the Swaros, Leica, zeiss um uh sig's got a set vortex got a set um the high end one of the Sig Leica Zeiss, though, um, I think the or no, I'm sorry, the Swaro Leica Zeiss are the are the high end ones. I think with the Zeiss and the Swaro being number one for ease of use, the Leica's got a great laser. It's I think it's a little bit harder to program, which they could fix. I hope they do. Um, yeah. it, it works, but it's just a pain compared to the Zeiss and the Swaro. Real easy, type your stuff in your app, sync your bino and rock and roll. Um, but that it, is, they're surprisingly was- accurate. Like they're so stinking good. And that's what we've used, continue to use. I'll, I mean, I'll range something at 1200 yards, pull my Kestrel out and run dope. I'm like, it's within a 10th. Like it's pretty stinking good. Um, almost always. I mean, obviously it's not going to count for crosswind jump and some of those more, um, crazy things but also when you're an interall hunter you're getting you're not talking with your teammates there's no there's no wind plans and sharing you have an idea of which direction you're going to shoot before you shoot and you have an idea of the wind but you're not you're not running your kestrel on all these stages getting your crosswind jump and everything figured out because you don't know the range to run it at before you go up there so a lot of the stuff is on the fly so you're making your best guess if it's strong crosswind like hey i'm going to shave or add and and you're rock and roll and then you know well we i mean i could go on about internet hunter and we have talked about it in the past but just some real basic things that where guys will range they'll try to shoot the steel target and hit you know 50 yards behind the target there's a lot of guys that 
would just shoot over targets. And they're like, yeah, because you were you just aimed at the target with your laser. Your laser is not hitting a little steel target at 700 yards. You have to shoot the base, this this the ba- where the T post goes in the ground. Just basic things like that that go in with animals as well, especially. When you get into flat ground, it's tough to range. You really, really, really got to nail your range if you're going to be shooting long range. Um, you know, and you you can't. I sit there and I'll ping and ping and ping with the with the range finder and trying to make sure I'm confident in my range because it's, it's it's such a big deal. So there's there's all kinds of little things, but uh, that all carry really well over to hunting too. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I'm, of- I'm excited to shoot. I kind of I got it, just got some carbon six five barrels uh, from Benchmark. Right. I'm gonna get those things spun up into a Creeds, get them ready for this next season. I'm excited to shoot six five Creed. I, sh- I shot the PRC this last year for the Hunter, um, like we talked about. I'm excited to shoot some uh, some Creed more. Um, so you're going you're going carbon fiber for your six five uh, Creed in the Hunter series. I think so. I like to have a steel barrel and a light barrel. It just and then I could have the option for, for class whether it's it's light or heavy. Um, I don't know if I could hit light. Uh, with I have to play with the, the the contour of the steel. I'm not sure. I think I know you could hit it. I just don't know how thin I'd go. Um, um, but we'll see. Um, for, for, for light class. I'm not sure which class I'll, I don't know how, I don't know what I'm going to do. You can kind of switch, pick and choose every match. I could shoot light one and heavy the next, so on and so forth. I'd kind of like to have some, uh, some different options. This year was kind of, I, I just had the PRC and that's why I was running it. Um, and, and, and it worked out good, but I, I would like to play with some, with the Creed, um, and shoot some different classes. And even the team thing, we we're talking about that, like, we'll see how that plays out. I think you just, it's going to come down to the match of what class you want to shoot. And that's kind of fun. You don't have to commit for something for the whole year. You can bounce around, um, and try, and try different things. So it should be, should be pretty fun. I'm really digging the format. I hope it continues to, to be fun, um, to not get, too gimmicky but still challenging and which is going to be difficult um to see we did have we you know we had those some ties at the at the championship that were broke by power factor in class but i hope there doesn't it doesn't become kind of so standardized where there's a bunch of ties broke that way i don't i don't think that's ideal for for anything so we'll see i would like to see a lighter class i was actually i had some buddies i talked to this this week that are not affiliated with they don't compete they're big time hunters that's all they do and they're like man i was just hoping for like a lighter class like so i could bring my really light gun i was like well you can take your light gun you know to a in the heavier classes and and even them being outside of the sport understand how big of a disadvantage that would be they're like yeah but if i come with like a a, a VH6 HD with like a, a smaller turret and a really light, heavy recoiling gun. They're like, like I'm not an expert, but they're like, I know it'll be, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a t- completely different thing. And I agree. I, I've kind of lobbied with Scott and different guys. I'm like, dude, there's gotta be a 10 or a really light class to make it. I think it should be either 10 and 16, or you could even do a sheep hunter class and go really light. But, um, I think, I, I think 10 and 16 would be good, but, it, and, and they made great points. They're like, listen, we just got this going. Guys just built a bunch of guns. Everybody will be mad. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> but again, the 12 pound guys have just switched to heavy. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll see. It'll be interesting to see how it evolves. Um, they're taking, guys are taking feedback. Scott's taking feedback. Um, we'll see what he does with it over the next few years. Um, 
but it's it's he's open and 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 stuff but it's going to stay the same for this year which that's what that guy called me to ask he's like hey is it going to change he's like man i don't i don't think so um from what i've heard but but i said hey come out i'm going to try to get him out it's a out to a shoot in montana so we'll see um regardless and maybe even bring him a gun he can borrow or something but um but yeah it'll be it'll be it's gonna be fun to see how it evolves this year i'm excited for it It, it's a it's fun it's fun to range and look for stuff it's such a different element on the clock that you know maybe maybe if we had shot this for the last five years and then you know standard two-day matches came out it would i'd probably i'll be all excited man it's just shooting you don't have to range anything maybe it's just something new i do i do acknowledge that but it sure is fun right now <laughs> i'm digging it yeah so yeah. uh and, and it crosses over really well for, for you know into the hunting world so we'll see but love it Anyway, did you uh, let's do that? Uh, we're 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 running up on an hour here, but we did have that uh, short action customs giveaway. Um, the uh, short action t- precision. Yeah, sorry, short action precision. The uh, Tanner, the guy that won the the fourteener, was super stoked. He messaged me, um, you know, and, and and made a post. So appreciate that. Glad glad you got it. I know you put it to good use. So that's that's kind of fun. So. Um, yeah. So, uh, do what was the the guy that won the uh, the? So the winner of the uh, short axe precision gift shirt uh, is Matt Mitchell. So Matt Mitchell, go ahead and uh, go Oof. ahead and uh, 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 a message to us, and we will uh, uh, get that mailed out to you. Cool. And he's from Wyoming. That was one of the states I was looking into moving to. <laughs> so, so if you got a if you got a room, I can bunk in. Let me know. Just, so, just finish yeah. my house and sell it on leave. I'll sell it to some rich Californian. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. Congrats, Matt, and thanks again, Short Action, for the uh, um, for for the giveaway and the support of the shooters. Uh, appreciate that. Um, that was pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, and so we giveaway and we're going to actually do that next episode and so then we'll we'll uh but it's a big one so stay tuned for that for sure Woo. all right we love it we love being able to share the wealth with you guys and uh it's been fun we're giving away a bunch of stuff some i mean thousands and thousands of dollars of stuff just because because companies are cool so we appreciate that yeah. so Absolutely. um let's see what do we got anything new Are you getting um well, we're going down to uh, True Velocity uh, Ammunition um, here first of November. Yeah, so buddy. Really excited about that. I know we wanted to talk about that a little bit, and we'll have a lot more information for all you guys kind of about that entire process. Obviously, John and I are going down to help develop a uh, 6.5 Creedmoor load that mm-hmm. we'll be shooting in NRL Hunter matches. We'll be shooting in regular NRL or PRS matches, and so we're – we're, we're, we're really excited about it. It's just some cool technology and, um, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot more info on what that is, but just kind of developing the load. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be fun. I've, I guess, you know, we've developed loads on our own. We've really, you know, ne- never done it in a giant factory where people are wearing lab coats and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. We've got a handful of barrels spun up to go do testing in and kind of get the best all around. After messing with the six five Creed a little bit, I'm not too concerned with. I mean, it seems like it's a pretty simple, consistent round. So, uh, probably leaning towards forty three fifty powder, um, and kind of, and then play with some different bullets and see what we come up with. But 
um, it'll be fun to fun to see that and, and play with that and and go from there. But I can't wait. Yeah, I do want to get some more info. I do want to start running it. They're they've got some big, you know, some big orders they're filling and and kind of clearing the pipeline. Um, you know, before we can spend, they can you know spend a little more time on getting some of this stuff rolling. So it'll be fun. That we need to figure out is I like running stuff slow, but yeah. what we need to figure out and talk about is the weight class of bullet that we want to run based off the speed. Because if we want to make power factor for I know. general hunter, we have to be at three hundred eighty thousand. Yep. If we shoot like a one thirty grain bullet, that means it's got to go what twenty eight fifty or something twenty eight seventy five. Yeah, it's got to go fast. It's got to move a little bit, and so that's kind of the. The line, if you look at some, there's, you know, the 130, 135 class bullets or the one, you know, 40s, the 156s, the 153s. There's a lot of different bullets. Um, Excuse but, me. So if, if it's a 130 grain bullet, it has to go 2923. So if you go 380,000 divided by a 150 grain bullet, it's like 27, it 25, 33, 25. Oh my gosh. So that's the difference is, is that the that's heavier crazy. the bullet you go, you can go way, 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 way slower I know. and make that power factor. But if it's that 130 grain, that 130 ish, like if it's the 130 burger or the 135 well, what was, run, yeah. what's I, I just ran the 140 burger at the last match and I ran it at 28, 30 at home. So 380,000 divided by 140 grains equals 2714. So I'm, okay, plenty good there. Yeah, you could run a 140 class bullet at 2730, 27, yeah, 27, you know, 30, and still, yeah. still be within that number and, and be over the, hmm. I mean, I don't know. I like, I like running slow too. Because Dude, it's hard to know. I know. You see the bullets so well. I agree. Well, and that's when I was talking to Morgan. Like, he's in his 6'5 Creed, which he's won matches with. And then Bertichini just crushed the California yeah, AG match. Perfect. He's cold drug everybody shooting 156s. Um, I believe they were 156s, maybe 153.5s, but I'm, I'm 99% sure they were 156s. And, uh, and a 6'5 Creed down at the AG California match. And, I mean slow and steady won that race i mean that just blew him out of the water and it was i guess it was long range and and wind and and he just he just went to pound down on him so talking about yeah so i mean i don't know and that's what when i was talking to morgan like uh he was shooting the 153s at three and a half he's like man he goes i like you know he goes i shot the lighter class and they were more snappy um more snappy recoil he says he sees trace better with the 153s uh more you know just obviously a higher bc yeah i don't it's it's hard because when you're when you're hand loading you're like yeah i'll just swap back and forth but when we're going to work up this right now it's gonna be this one load that we're going to run so it's like okay we're trying to do a, a, a do all for everything it's like man there's there would be matches where a 130 140 class would be nice and then there'd be matches where the 156 150 class bullets would be nice so it is a predicament. We got to figure out sooner than later. So, anyway, but well, yeah, we'll, we'll, side we'll note, sort it when out. When I, I shot this uh, this white tail Saskatchewan, I shot six five PRC mm-hmm. factory ammo one forty three, and the sun was right behind me. Mm-hmm. So, what was the, what was the blind temperature? You think? 
The blind temperature at this point was 71 and a half degrees. So, so you still had your shirt on. Uh, no, I took all my clothes off. Oh, <laughs> you just get in touch with like your native side. <laughs> yep, yeah, I, I, was going, I was going full native. Attaboy, attaboy. I, I, I had paint on my face and the whole bit. I hope you had a loincloth on for uh, <laughs> for your for your 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 blind partner's sake. <laughs> I, had the, I had the long the long uh, monopod on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I'll so, bet you did. So anyway, I'm I'm. Uh, the, wind, the the sun was so good, and I had a really good support tripod rear. Okay. And when I shot, I literally could, because it was 6.5, I, I believe it was 6.5, so it's a bigger bullet. Yep. You see bigger bullets easier. For sure. Um, I literally I literally watched the bullet come out of the end of the gun and travel the entire way. It just <laughs> oh. it, you feel so good. That, that's even with a 14-pound 6.5 Yeah. C. Yeah. Uh, it was just I, I watched the entire bullet, the you know the, the the way, and it was just it was awesome to know that you hit exactly where you wanted to hit by watching the bullet fly. That's it cool. Was just, it was, yeah, that is cool, especially on a moving shot where you're like you're pretty you're solid. Your elevation's good at 400, but you're going to see exactly where you hit that deer forward or yep. back with the trace like that. That's that's yeah, cool. So I mean, I was, even with my light my light gun in the in the NRL championship shooting the PRC, even shooting 156 is at like 20. What was I 29 something? Um, you know, positional shots were tough. I'm, there's I'm not going to lie, but when I got prone and stuff, I was seeing trace with the with the light with that light little gun. I was like, goodness, this thing is awesome. So that's um, all I love. But that's even yeah, that was so it's 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 interesting. It's fun to play with, like I said in that last podcast. It's fun to play with something new. It's going to take some getting used to in different aspects, but it's it's a uh, it's kind of fun to switch it up and 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 try some other stuff after running sixes for a million rounds or whatever. So <laughs> since we're moving to six, five Creed, are you going to add any weight to the gun? Are you pretty maxed out on weight? I could add a little, but no, I mean, it's, I didn't, it wasn't, like I said, when I'm, we shot at rock, like it was not, and you know, my seventh place was not because of recoil. It was just a couple dumb mistakes and then, and then chasing my tail for a little bit for a few shots. It was, I, I, I wasn't, I don't think I was underweighted at any at all, and, I, and I'm running heavy. I probably I could add a bunch of weight to the rear of the gun, um, and I can add some more in the front. But I'm I'm twenty. I need to put on a scale twenty three, twenty four. I think I'm not sure. I, I yeah. got to scale I, it. I'm, I'm right at twenty three as well, and so I thought I don't know if I can if I even have any more room to add any weight. But I was just thinking about that and trying to figure out what the best i mean it sure would be since you're going up bigger maybe maybe i add a pound as well and then kind of just i don't think it hurts anything at this point i mean we're just going wide open heavy we're still making our freehand shots we're still doing all i don't i don't know where the downside is for any of it i mean they yeah i don't i don't i don't i don't know that it matters so um, i mean to a point right you also got to be able to move your rifle from position to position so you can't have a 35 pound rifle sitting up there and then it's a lug every time you got to do it so yeah there's a line it de- yes i would say out west maybe maybe you can with more because generally people are running generous match times if you were out east and what you got your 90 second or even your 75 seconds i could see at some point it being it being tough but i ran i mean i won the whatever that 
the Wisconsin match with my heavy gun and 75 second part times and it didn't feel like a hindrance but obviously yes there's got to be some line somewhere and I I hope we don't keep going I mean who I mean I guess it doesn't matter but I hope we don't end up with guys running 40 pound guns in a couple years I mean I don't who knows? I don't, I haven't gone heavy enough to try it, you know, but the way some things are going where guys are just setting their guns on, you know, bat, when you get a solid enough prop, you can literally just set your gun on a sandbag and pull trigger, which there's a lot of people that do that. And, and it's, it is, I don't know. I mean, but you come out, you get on a wobbly prop or do something and you gotta, you know, I, I, I don't know where the line is. It would be somebody put strap 50 pounds on a gun and tell us how it goes. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just just put a couple uh sand filled og game changers strapped to your gun and start shooting and see so i oh, mean yeah. there's a reason for it the bench rest guys <laughs> like the heavy bench rest guys are running some of those rail guns are insane they're yeah, accurate man. and that's like there are a lot of people say we're hey we're we're positional bench rest at this point so yeah um I don't know. I'm kind of excited about keeping it lighter, running the six five, kind of switching things up, a little more recoil. You definitely got to run the gun. You can't if you free recoil the six five. I could. There is a big difference. Um, it's not like shooting the BR. That's for dang sure. But um, yeah. it, so it is kind of fun to have to run that gun a little bit more than 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 in some situations. So love it anyway cool man well hey we're over over time i gotta get back to work so it's good chatting with you congrats on a uh, freak of a deer i've never seen anything that big in my life and uh, i can't wait to see it in real life it's a it's it's a it's funny that picture of mel your daughter holding it is a crack up because you're a big guy it's 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 giant but you're when she's holding it you're like oh my goodness (laughs) it's pretty pretty awesome yeah. So and, and even I, I said, here, hold it closer towards me. So she's trying to hold it up. Hold it out. Yeah. <laughs> a good, a do, good picture. So it, it looks bigger in that picture than it really is. That's, I mean, it's, it, funny. it's 30, 33, 34 inches across uh, on the widest. So it's a big, it's big, but yeah, yeah man, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Cool. All right. Well, we'll talk soon and thanks guys for listening. We appreciate you. We get, get feedback from people and like always, uh, <laughs> we're not getting paid to do this we just do this uh just share info and and we like you guys so thanks again and uh have a good one toodles <laughs>